Thanks for joining us on this week's Real Life Church podcast. We'd love to know if God is using this ministry to bless you in some way. And if you'd like to share your story or know more about getting involved at Real Life Church, you can visit us on our website at livereallife.com today. Um, Today we're going to begin a series called A Paradigm Shift. And I'm going to look at what a paradigm shift is. But I want to read a scripture to you before we start with the definition of a paradigm shift. And uh, verse, uh, Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. Now, the Lord last year gave me the word that he's not done. It's a year of rescue. This year, the Lord gave me the word. It's a year of fruitfulness. It's a year of production, pr- productive and profitable uh, fruit. And uh, I'll explain a little bit more about that. But in order for fruitfulness to happen, there's going to have to be a shift. And so he really just began to share with me Jeremiah 17, verses 5 through 8. And here's what it says. It says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans. That's a pretty good verse to start your year out with. He says, cursed if you put your trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So the way your heart gets turned away from God is you start putting faith in yourself. And he says, you'll be cursed because of that. Uh, You'll be distraught. You'll You'll live with confusion. You'll live with a fog over your life. Then he says this, they are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. Verse 7, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and their confidence. Come on, how many want to be blessed in 2021? How many of you want to be happy and blessed and full and God doing something amazing things in your life? Well, here's where it is. It's not just the desire to be blessed. It's where you put in your trust. Then he says this. He says, they are like trees planted along a riverbank. Planted. Not like the shrub that, that, that when the wind comes and the adversity comes, that, that it blows that shrub. I, I lived out in Oklahoma. I've been to Texas a few times. You see the shrubs rolling across the, across the fields there because they just have no root in themselves. And here's what he's, he's describing this, the difference between this unrooted shrub and a tree planted by the water. 2020 revealed that a lot of people are shrubby. Shrubby. The root system's very weak, and the root system is something that didn't go down into the depths of God. And because of that, they were shaken by 2020. Missed the entire, missed the entire reason why 2020 came in in the first place. And so I'm going to keep reading. I don't want to get stuck. With roots that reach down into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat. Listen to what he says. Not bothered by the heat or adversity or worried by long months of drought. He said it doesn't matter what happens on the exterior. It doesn't matter what happens around these trees. It's because their root system goes down into the water that they're planted by this riverbank. And the water is what gives nutrients to the tree. And he says, this is the people that are like those. This is how trusting in the Lord, this is what it looks like. It looks like a tree that's planted with its roots deep. Such trees are not bothered by heat or worried about long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Now, the end result is that we never stop producing fruit. But the beginning of this is I begin to just kind of share and I begin to, I begin to share, I begin to think about what the Lord wanted me to say for the beginning of this year is that there has to be a paradigm shift. If we are going to experience a year of fruitfulness, Jeremiah 17 is a backdrop for us. If we're going to experience a year of fruitfulness, 
productivity and profitable things in our life, there's going to have to be a shift. And here's the shift. And the Lord began just kind of share a couple things with me. And the first was this, was that we have to move from a believer mentality to a disciple's mentality. And now you're like, uh, most people are like, well, I just come to church on Sunday. Well, we're going to get into some of that this morning. But here's the typical mindset. The shift that's going to have to take place is that you move from a believer to a disciple. And I'm going to read through what a disciple looks like. And we're going to take these next, I don't know how many weeks, and we're going to look at what this shift looks like, moving from a believer to a disciple. You say, Jason, why are you doing this? I don't know. I'm just obeying the Lord. I don't know what's coming. I preached in January in 2020. I didn't know what was coming in March. I just said what God told me to say. And so here, here he says, he says uh, the, the word is a year of fruitfulness, but we got to make a paradigm shift. Now, here's what the typical mindset is, is what I see in most people that are, that are currently what they call Christ followers or Christians in America. Here's what I see. I see that we want forgiveness from God. I see that we want God to do something amazing in our life. But this is what most of it looks like. We're living our lives. We're doing well. We're, we're, we're successful. Maybe we're not. Maybe we're experiencing some, some failures in our life. But we're just living life. And then all of a sudden, we bump into this message of the gospel of how Jesus wants to set us free and how Jesus wants to forgive us of our sin. And we desire that a whole lot. We want to be set free, but what we do is we just keep walking in our direction and we add Jesus to our life. So we receive the gospel and we say yes to Christ, but we just add him to everything else. And see, we just make him another God in our life. I don't know if you know this or not, but that's, I mean, that's Hinduism. They add gods to every layer of their life. So what happens, though, is in life is that we, we instead of it being, uh, what we do is we do an add to versus a takeover. We add Jesus in to our life, to our schedule, to everything that we want to do. Therefore, we are a believer, but we're not a disciple. Because the, being a disciple of Jesus is going to require you to do more than add Jesus to your life. It's going to have to be a takeover and a complete turnaround. It's going to have to be something that's not just uh, casually done. It's going to have to be, if you're going to move from just adding Jesus to your life and allowing Jesus to take over your life and becoming a disciple of Jesus because that's what the Lord said he wants you to be. Now, we'll figure this out in just a minute. Here's a paradigm shift. It's an important change that happens when the usual way of thinking about or doing something is replaced by a new and different way. Let me read it one more time. An important change that happens when the usual way of thinking about or doing something is replaced by a new and different way. There has to be a paradigm shift in our thinking. We are more, and I'm going to give you a list of the difference between a believer and a disciple this morning. Matthew chapter 28 puts it this way. And most of us, we know the Great Commission is Mark 16. If you read the original manuscripts of the Bible, Mark 16, 15 is not even in there. It was added by the translators. Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. And here's what the Great Commission says. And Jesus came and spoke to them after resurrecting from the dead. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Go therefore and make disciples. 
It doesn't say go therefore and make converts. It doesn't say go therefore and make converts so you can say that this is how many people was converted in a year. No, where we're lacking, I believe, is we're creating converts. That's why I can tell converts. I can tell believers because they're like the shrubbies. When adversity hits, they're off the mark. When something contradicts them in their faith or something comes against them, that they're very shallow in their root system, therefore any wind blows them away. They run back to the insecurity. They run back to the pain. They run back to the issues. They run back to the past. That's a believer mentality. Now, we need a disciple shift. We need a paradigm shift. And here's a believer versus a disciple. I'm going to read these to you. A believer believes in Jesus as Savior, but lives, in, lives to please themselves. Now, this might cut on you today. If you're really pumped for 2021, I, 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 I got a word that God wants to do fruitfulness in your life, but you're going to have to shift. If you want fruitfulness in 2021, you're going to have to change your paradigm. You're going to have to change the way you're doing things. You cannot continue to digest hours and hours of social media and expect to have a renewed mind. Come on, somebody. What you're going to have to do, though, is you're going to have to begin to shift your paradigm. Your thinking needs to change. So here's, here's the, the believer is somebody that sees Jesus as Savior but lives to please themselves. A disciple believes that Jesus as Lord and lives to please God. Savior versus Lord, it's a big thing because there's a lot, of, a lot of people say, well, Jesus is my Savior and I can live any way I want. Wrong answer. He wants, you, he wants to be Lord of your life. Next one is believers exalt their opinions, feelings, and thoughts above the word of God. The word of God is not ultimate truth in their life. It's their opinion, their experience, their feelings, and their thoughts. A disciple exalts the word of God above their opinions, feelings, and thoughts. How many of you, when adversity hits, run to the Bible? Most don't. Why? Because we're believers. We're not disciples. Listen, I heard a quote the other day that America has more undiscipled disciples in the church than ever in history. That we must take, that we must understand that there is a depth of living that we must get to. That, that, that there's no hesitation when it comes, see, believers are those that men, I'm just going to talk to the men for just a minute. You're a believer. If you can't, grab your wife's hand and your kid's hands and pray for them in a moment when they need you. You're not a disciple. A disciple says, I, I'm not even, I, it doesn't matter what it sounds like. He's Lord of my life. And so, so my opinions and my feelings and my thoughts do not matter at that moment. The word of God. Exalts the, the disciple exalts the word of God above our opinions. Believer thinks of church as a place they go to hear what God says. A disciple thinks of church as a place they learn to do what God says. It's not just coming to hear something. It's coming to get something to do something. It's coming to learn how to live as a disciple on Monday. A believer are accountable only to themselves. A disciple is accountable to everyone. Really? That's a big deal. Like, I'm accountable to everyone? Absolutely. Because a disciple understands lifestyle. Uh, a disciple understands that they really got to monitor the gray areas in their life because they're accountable to everyone, therefore it affects everyone. A believer serves God based on convenience. 
A disciple serves God based on conviction. Uh, convenience is when everything's going right. It's wonderful, and I'm, I'm going to serve God because there's a convenience in it. That's the adding to, not the takeover mentality. It, it, so it's, but a disciple is somebody that serves God based on conviction, conviction that he's Lord, that, he's, that he, he wants to do something amazing, that his word is first in my life. A believer serves God based on convenience when everything's going right. I call it youth camp mentality. Excuse me. <clears throat> youth camp mentality is this. We get a high, we go to youth camp, we get all fired up for Jesus, and then we're fired up for a week, then we go back to school, and then that girl walks by. We ain't no longer a disciple. We ain't no longer uh, <clears throat> on fire for him. It's an emotional thing. See, it's convenient to serve God when everything's going right. But true serving of God and being a disciple has everything to do with conviction. A believer seeks to know God through religion, works-based. It's how can I get to God? But a disciple seeks to know God through relationship, which is a big difference. A believer follows God as long as everything is going well. A disciple follows God regardless of the circumstances. And I'm reading these to you today because this is what Jesus asked us to be so then we can experience it through us. Not just that, that, that we would get converts, but that people would be discipled through us. Now, a believer chooses their own paths and, path and asks God to bless it. A disciple asks God to choose the path and follow the direction. That's the difference. That a lot of times in our lives that we choose our own path, and then again, it's the add to mentality. God, will you bless my plan? God, will you bless my path? And God is saying, why don't you first ask me what the direction should be, and when you get the direction, then follow in that path. A believer, full of pride if they're doing well, and self-pity if, if they're not. A, a, a prideful or full of pride if they're doing well. <laughs> Look at me, I'm crushing it for Jesus. And then when I'm not, it's like, God, nobody likes me. I'm a dead dog on the corner of a street. No, it's me. I'm just terrible. Self-pity. A disciple are full of gratitude because God's love never fails. A disciple or a believer follows the example of the world that seeks to go higher. A disciple follows the example of Jesus that seeks to go lower. These are paradigm shifts that have to happen in our life. We have, we, have, we have lived in a certain way. We've thought a certain direction. And I believe this year, God wants us to move. God wants us to shift. He wants us to shift our thinking from believer to disciple. I believe he wants to have a paradigm shift in our lives to where, to where now it's not just adding God to, but now God is taking over. And that's what we need in our lives. Listen, I really believe that's why your friends that don't know Jesus don't want anything you have to offer because you're just a believer. What do I mean by that? They see the up and down. They see, they see that you serve God over here on this day, but, you, but you're denying him on this day, and it's an up and down emotional mentality, and there's this mentality that goes on in the planet, and, and lost people are saying, where's the, where's the church? 
The church, the church, where's the church? Well, the church is not a building. The church is made up of disciples of Jesus that have fully surrendered everything to him. He's not just our savior, he's our Lord. He's not just our fire insurance from hell, he's our Lord. Everything, all direction, everything comes from our commander and chief. We lay down our lives for him. We humble ourselves before him and we walk as disciples of Jesus. Now, listen to what Jesus said about this. In Luke chapter 14, And I'm going to tell you what a disciple is. I may not even get to what I want to get to, but we're going to get there. We're going to end up somewhere. Luke 14, verse 25 says this. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now he's not saying you should hate your parents. Okay? What he is saying though is that you should not put them above your relationship with God. Let me keep reading. He says this. He says, he cannot be my disciple, and whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, least after he has laid the foundation, and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man begin to build and was not able to finish. That's a lot of people today. That's a lot of Christians today. We start off strong. We're all we're on fire for God, and, and God's going to do something amazing. But give it 15 years. And let's see what the fire looks like in 15 years. By the time it's 15 years into your relationship with God, you're making excuses for no fire. You're making excuses for not witnessing. You're making excuses for not attending church. Why? Because you're a believer. And he says this. This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is still a great, far, a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. Jesus is trying to explain to them what a, a disciple looks like. Then he says this, so likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Now, that's not necessarily a literal term, all right? I don't need you guys all going out here and just selling everything and running around. Listen to me for a minute. That's literal from a heart standpoint. In other words, now, some people are called to do that. Some people are called to just give it up and go and roll, and that's fine. But listen to me. The literal literal terminology here is forsaking all is anything in your life that leave you attached to this world. Anything in life that leaves you attached to this world or a worldly mindset or a believer's mindset, he said, you must forsake all and be my disciple. Now, let me give you a little more terminology here as we answer the question, what is a disciple? Here's a disciple. It's a learner. It's a pupil. It's a student. A disciple is someone who adheres to the teaching of another. A disciple is someone who takes up the ways of someone else. Now, in the Old Testament in Luke, or New Testament, Jesus was speaking of being a disciple. How many of you remember, some of you may not, but how many of you remember when Jesus came up to, to the fishermen and said, hey, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men? Now, what you have to understand about that is the custom during that time was rabbis, and Jesus was considered a rabbi, that, he was, that, that, they were, that there were rabbis, and what they would do is in order, they would choose their inner circle. And what they would do during the time is they would go to the universities of the day, they would go to the high elite places, and the rabbis would choose very sharp, 
young men that were intellectual, that was smart, that looked like they had a future, and that's who they would choose, and here's what they would say to them, follow me. Every rabbi would say that to these young men, and these young men would drop everything, and they would begin to follow their rabbi with the intent that when the rabbi leaves, everything that the rabbi taught them then becomes a part of their lifestyle, and then they move into doing what the rabbi did. And so it becomes a, trans, it becomes a, becomes a transgenerational uh, piece where generations are affected through this. Now, that's what happened in the New Testament. And when Jesus comes up to these boys and he says to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Now, how many of you don't, you might not understand this, but the peculiar looks on these dudes' faces, they're fishermen. They're not in a university. They're businessmen, but they're, but they're not high levels of intellectual uh, uh, university educated uh, um, um, young men. And when Jesus says to them, follow me, they're going, you're at the wrong place, dude. Like, we're not in the university. We're not the high elite group. Jesus was trying to give a point. Jesus was trying to, this was a new way of thinking. This was a paradigm shift to the day when he lived there. When he was walking the earth, it was a paradigm shift that happened. And he came to these boys and he said to them, follow me. Now what you have to understand about this is discipleship and being a disciple is not classroom based. It's not based on information transfer. It's based on life transfer. So what happens is it's not just how much information you can give to somebody. And Jesus was trying to describe this with the rabbi. So what would happen is a rabbi would walk, and he would walk through town, and he would, he would, he would walk through town, and it wasn't him saying, hey, you guys keep up. There was a desire on in the inside of those that were following to keep up. They were within earshot of listening to their rabbi. They were understanding the teachings of their rabbi. They, they stayed up with the rabbi. It wasn't the rabbi begging them to stay along. So Jesus has this mentality he takes these guys that were of the lowest of low, considered outcasts within society, and he chooses them. Tax collectors and sinners is what the Bible says. Dudes, that, dudes that, that, that did not fit into society. And he takes these guys and he says, follow me. Now, these disciples understood that. So what they did is they began to follow Jesus everywhere he went. When he went into a town, they were right there. They were watching him. They were watching him do miracles. They were watching him feed the 5,000. They were watching him put bread in their hand and going out and saying, you fix it. You go out there and feed the 5,000 with three loaves and two fish. And they go out there and they, they watch it multiply in their hand. See, it was a going with. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sit down and let me teach you something. It was a going with. And they would walk with Jesus. They would make sure they kept pace with Jesus. And when they kept pace with Jesus, it created something on the inside of these guys. Regardless of their failure, regardless of their pain, regardless of the denials that took place, regardless of all of that mess up, there was something through this process that put a world-changing spirit on the inside of these guys. To where they were listening to Jesus, they were following him, and he kept saying, if you're going to be my disciple, leave it all. Leave, your, leave, leave that, leave this, leave that mentality, leave this way of thinking, and pick up mine. And all of a sudden, as they did that, it created this, what I'll call passion on the inside of these dudes, to where they became world changers and turned the world upside down. I want you to know this is the progression, that it's the student's responsibility to keep up with the rabbi. In other words, stop waiting for God to come visit you and deal with you. God's waiting for you to catch up with him. God wants you to get into the word. He's done everything he's going to do. 
He sent his word. He, he, he sent his son. He's done everything he's going to do, and he wants you to take that word, and he wants you to eat it. He wants you to stay up with him. He wants you to be an earshot of what he's saying. Listen, Jesus broke the mold on what it meant to be a follower, what it meant to, what it meant to be a disciple. Discipleship with Jesus, listen, equals change. And listen, if you don't like change, don't follow Jesus. Because he is going to ask you to make some tough decisions in 2021. Because, listen, he is going to change everything about you. Now, let me boil this down to a simple definition. That a discipleship, when I think of a disciple, here's what I think of. A person or a disciple is a person who turns to follow Jesus and is experiencing fruit-bearing change. Hence the word fruitfulness. So again, back to the original. When we're walking in life, we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're living our life, blah, 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 doing our thing. Then all of a sudden, it's not an add to, it's a turning away from. That's the word repent. It means to turn away from something to something. Not just letting go of something, but turning to something. And so I believe a disciple is somebody that when the message of Jesus comes to our lives, that that we're going in a certain direction, good or bad, but then the message of the gospel comes that says Jesus died for you, he paid a price for you, he wants to do great things in your life, he's going to give you life and life more abundantly, and when that message comes, we grab that message, and all of a sudden we're going to turn away from the things of this world and our current path, and we are going to embrace what God has for our life, and it's going to be something that is, there's evidence that comes from a disciple of Jesus. Now, if you're walking the same way, experiencing the same stuff in the same mountains and dealing with the same issues, you really haven't turned. You turn in your mind. You have to turn in your mind, your mental, the, the, the way that you change, the way the paradigm must be broken is changing in your mind. A disciple is a person who turns to follow Jesus and is experiencing fruit-bearing change. Jesus said this, my disciples will be known by their fruit-bearing. If this is a year of fruitfulness, it's not about us being fruitful. It's about the fruit that's lived through our life changes somebody else. And that's what he says. He says being a disciple is somebody that experiences a turning, that Jesus comes and he radically changes me, and then I turn away from everything. I put my back to this world, and I begin to walk the way Jesus wants me to walk, and all of a sudden I'm experiencing fruit-bearing change. When I used to, when I used to cuss a lot, any cussers in the room? You're like, we're in church, pastor. Stop, you did right before Christmas before the relatives came over. At least this side did. Um, you're walking in this direction. All of a sudden, God comes, and he shifts your thinking. And all of a sudden, you turn away from certain things because now you realize there's power in your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now God's starting to give you new information, and he's changing you from a believer to a disciple now to where you're experiencing fruit that you've never experienced before. Now, my goal over the next couple of weeks, that today was to lay a foundation of what this looks like. Now, over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to look at marks or qualities of a disciple. What does it mean to be a disciple? What are the qualities of a disciple that when we turn from the things that we've, that we've been walking in and we make a decision to turn, what are some characteristics that show up? 
I'm going to give you number one today. Here's number one. The first quality of a disciple, and this won't take long, they are passionately committed to Jesus. A disciple is somebody that is passionately committed to Jesus. Quality number one, a passion. Passion is this. It's a strong or extravagant feeling towards something, an emotion that motivates you beyond average living. Come on, somebody. That the first characteristic of, of a disciple is that you're passionately committed to Jesus. There's this strong, extravagant feeling towards him. There's an emotion that motivates you beyond average living. So you have this mentality that it's not, passion is not loud. I'm just loud. I'm passionate, but I'm loud. Passion has everything to do with commitment. Passion has everything to do with your passion directed in a certain way with commitment involved. And he says this, that you are passionately committed to Jesus, that there is this strong, extravagant feeling about you that you no longer want to live average. How do, how do we do that? What, how do we know if we're pleasing God? How do we know if we're passionate about Christ? There's three indicators, and I'll close. Pleasing God takes precedence over pleasing people. When you're passionately committed to Jesus, it's quality number one of a disciple. As somebody that is a learner, a student of Jesus, that when we get around Jesus and we start to make those changes and we turn, all of a sudden now that this first, this first indicator is that we please God. That, it that pleasing God takes precedence, precedence over pleasing people, which means you have to make tough decisions. Believers don't make tough decisions. They blend in. Disciples make tough decisions to blend out. We're not interested in blending in. We're interested in blending out. We don't, we don't want to be involved in that situation because we know where it, where, where it would end. Pleasing God takes precedence over pleasing people. Luke 14, 26 says, If anyone comes to me and does, again, not to hate his brother and father and mother and children, and brothers and sisters, everybody, hates everybody. And is his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. In other words, people's opinion is not overpleasing God. Come on, somebody. All right. Number two is follow him regardless of the cost. Passionately following Jesus. Indicators that you're passionate is that you don't give a rip what people think and you'll follow him no matter the cost. Luke 14, 27, who does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And number three, everything you do in life becomes extraordinary. When you are a disciple of Jesus and you have the quality of passion, passionately committed to him, and you're passionately committed to Jesus, that you're pleasing God over people, that you're following him with, with all costs, you're a learner, you're a student, you're not just adding Jesus to, but you're shifting your entire mentality, and you're taking on this first quality of passion. Listen, some of you are like, well, we got to fast for 21 days, oh, my Jesus. What am I going to do without my cheeseburgers? Hey, I'm in the same boat. But the point is this. What, what needs to be Lord in 2021? What need, what, who needs to be Lord in 2021? What needs to be dethroned in 2021? What sacred cows? Come on, we need to go to cow tipping in 2021. You got some sacred cows in your life that you won't change. This is just the way it's been, brother. That's the way it's always going to be. You need to go cow tipping in 2021. You need to tip over those idols. You need to tip over those things that are not pleasing to God. You, you need to do an evaluation right now at the beginning of the year with these 21 days and saying, where am I believer? Where am I disciple? 
What areas in my life do I need to shift? Am I following him regardless of the cost? Everything in life becomes extraordinary. Your marriage, your relationships with your kids, your career, everything on the exter exterior becomes extraordinary when you're passionately committed to following Jesus. Everything becomes different when you move out of just being a believer and move into being a disciple, a learner, a student, a pupil, a follower, a disciplined person in your commitment to Jesus. All of a sudden, your life takes on extraordinary things. Romans 12 puts it this way in the message. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life you're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking around life, place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This is where we are. We have adjusted to culture so much that we don't even know that's what we're fitting in with has nothing necessarily to do with behavior and activity up front. It has everything to do with what's happening in here. The root of every problem is not the behavior. The root to every problem is a thinking process. And so God is saying, listen to what he says. He says, don't become so well adjusted in your mind to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Hesitation is the number one killer of all destiny. Here's what he says. He says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. When you look at the word of God and he tells you something, quickly respond to it. If it's forgiveness issues, if, 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 if it's, if it's uh, uh, I dropped the ball here issues, then all of a sudden now you've got to respond quickly to those that love your neighbors, love your enemies. Then he says this, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. That's what he wants for us as disciples of Jesus. The question has to be, is are you passionately committed to him? Have you, have you just added him to your life? Or have you truly turned? Because then if that's the case, we really have to redefine what this thing Christ follower and Christian looks like. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, Christian means Christ-like. Are you Christ-like? Or is it just a label you add to your life? That in every decision and everything you do, you're Christ-like. I'm not saying you're perfect, but you're passionately committed to him that even in the failure, you can admit it. Even in the miss-up and, and, and maybe you thought you were going in this direction, all of a sudden, no, that's not the direction I'm supposed to go in. And you miss it. And you mess up. And you fail. That even in that, 
Pride keeps you from saying, I missed it. Pride keeps you from saying, I should have went this direction. I should have done this. Pride keeps you from admitting it. But being a passionately committed follower to Jesus says, I humble myself before him. And I celebrate the successes and I admit the mistakes and I keep moving in my life as him as Lord. Do me a favor, close your eyes and bow your heads this morning. If you're watching online today as well, I wanna encourage you with this word. Where are you today? Are you a disciple or are you, are, are you walking in the things that God has for you? Or are you just a believer? Is, is your commitment to God been replaced by every other thing in this earth? I wanna encourage you today that today's a decision day for you. Those of you that are in person today, today is a decision day for you. Are you gonna turn? Or are you gonna just keep adding him into your life when it's convenient? When you're on your spiritual high, Jesus is Lord. But when you're not, he's nowhere to be found. I wanna encourage you today. Don't allow the things of this world to capture your attention any longer. Today's a day that you must shift the paradigm of living. We're gonna move in 2021, I already see it, from a believer to a disciple. Some of you are gonna experience God like you've never experienced before because you're making this shift. Your families are going to experience God like never before because you're gonna make this shift this year starting today. Maybe you're in this room or watching online, you say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I've never surrendered my life to Christ. What do I mean by that? I don't mean that you prayed a prayer one time. Maybe you have prayed a prayer one time and, it, and maybe you thought that's what it was. No, being, being, coming into the family is done through prayer. And as you admit and, and believe and know that the sin that separates you from God, that he came as a savior to deliver you and set you free, that when you understand that fact, then you respond with repentance. Repentance is I turn my way, I change my direction. I shift the paradigm from being in control and to living my life to allowing him to be in control of everything. So if you're in this place today and you say, pastor, that's me, I want Jesus to be everything. I need to make him the Lord of my life. I want him to deliver me today. I want him to set me free. I'm sick and tired of the life I'm living. I'm addicted, I'm messed up. I run to things for, for when I'm in a down and out situations. I run to things that, that, that don't fulfill me. It will never fulfill you. Nothing of this world was intended to fulfill you. That's humans, that's addictions. Nothing is to fulfill you but Jesus himself. And when he moves in, all of a sudden everything else begins to move out. And all of a sudden you have clarity, you have focus, you have passion, and you begin to live for him like never before. So if that's you, if that's you today, will you do me a favor? We, if you're in person, will you slip up your hand? I'm not gonna call you forward, I just wanna pray for you. If that's you, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm not passionately committed to him. If that's you, just raise your hand, I wanna pray for you. I wanna I want, I want have an honor to pray with you today. If you're watching online today, and you say, Pastor, that's me, man. I need to make a decision to follow Christ. Well, listen to me, right there where you're at, will you do me a favor? We you click the raise a hand button, or you go ahead and put a little emoji there, put your hand up in the, in the comments today, 
and, and you want to say yes to Christ, we want to pray with you as well. So here's what we're going to do. We're all going to pray together. If you mean this from the bottom of your heart, maybe you're like, man, I don't want to raise my hand, but I know I need this prayer. Well, let's pray together. God's not a legalistic God. He'll meet you right where you are. And so if you do me a favor, let's, let's pray this prayer and repeat this after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me, to raise from the dead for me. Today, I invite him into my heart. Make me a new creature. Old things pass away. All things become new. Today, I change the paradigm. I accept you as Lord and Savior. And I'll walk with you today. I leave the culture and the things of this world. And I passionately live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, come on, can we give the Lord a big hand clap today? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Be sure to connect with us on social media, the RLC app, and online at livereallife.com.